go do it, take action, right? Like just go do it and take action and, and, and really just focus on the people, right? And the relationships because the good and the bad can come from people, right? Mm. And so the best experience I've had in my life is because I had amazing partners. The worst experience I've had in my life were terrible partners, right? And mm. so just be so cognizant about one, like detaching from you have to do everything yourself, mm. right? But two is then, okay, well then acknowledging that and saying, all right, well, who, who do I want to spend my time with? Who do I want to grow with? Who do I want to, to see the future with? Are you looking for freedom? Freedom from the daily grind and hustle? Or just finding a way to live the life you always wanted? Then join us on the Investing for Freedom podcast. Our host, Mike Ayala, will help you discover new ways to find freedom with tips, insights, and interviews. You'll learn the exact systems he's used to travel the world and live his best life. True success and happiness are all about freedom. And here's your roadmap on how to find freedom on your own terms. Welcome to the Investing for Freedom podcast. Here's your host, Mike Ayala. Thank you for joining me on the Investing for Freedom podcast. Today, I've got a guest who I've had the privilege of getting to know and watch and just um, be around in one of the most amazing communities that I often talk about, GoBundance. But today's going to be a special conversation, I think, because this young man, and I'll call you young because um, not that I want to insult you, but compared to me, um, dude, you've just accomplished so much. Um, I'm just excited to kind of peel back the curtain on what happens behind um, Calvin Chin's world because there's just so much amazing stuff going on. And I think Calvin is a great example of what happens when you just show up and build amazing relationships, always have a smile on your face, put your head down, hire a great coach who we have um, the uh, ability to call a friend and just get stuff done. So Calvin, thanks for being on the show, man. Yeah, Mike, appreciate you having me, man. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. So let's jump into the four questions. Who has had the greatest impact on your life? Oh, man. Okay, so I'm gonna cheat here. And uh, Mike, we're talking about this for the show, but I'm gonna cheat and save my wife, actually, right? Mm. Because I think a lot of people will say coaches and, you know, mentors that they've met. But, you know, I think the most important partner you have is actually the, the person that is with you no matter what, right? That person that's supporting you in the, in the highs and the lows and, and pushing you to, to be the person you are today. Um, and so my wife, and we just got married too, so I'm, I'm off that high, of course. But, uh, you know, for her, she's always been the one that's like pushed me to, to you know, challenge my boundaries, right? To get uncomfortable, right? And, and you know, I wouldn't be that person that I am today without her and, and my coaches as well. But um, you've got to say her first, so. Yeah, love it. It's so good. If you could narrow it down to one thing that has had the greatest impact on your success, what do you think that would be? Ooh, okay. So for me, it's actually feeling failing fast. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I was actually at this conference today and um, there was a, a sports agent that was talking about, uh, she manages like a bunch of NBA coaches and a bunch of guys on the PGA tour. And she said something to me that was so like, it just hit me home so hard where she said that the only thing that, that differentiates people that make the cut at the PGA tour or don't make the cut, it's not athleticism. It's not how far they can drive or putt. It's the ability to recover from failure fast. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I like, you know, I look back at a lot of my past experiences, right? And yeah, I've, I've failed a lot, right? But I think it was the ability to to take that failure and, and just say, hey, you know what? Like, this sucks at, in this moment right now, but how can I use this to, to leap forward to the next thing or, or learn from this mistake and, and then continue to grow from there? That's so good. Yeah, no, I love that, man. And I've, I've been thinking about this a lot lately. And, you know, I've had conversations with a few people. This has came up and it's got my brain thinking about this where, you know, oh, my dad tried that once, or I was in business once, or I tried that once. And I'm like, when I think back to 
you know, my business failures and all the things that like, if, if I had stopped in business because I failed or because I was almost bankrupt or because a gold mine shut down on me, owing me 400,000 or because I couldn't find good employees or because, because, because like, I, I like, where would I be? And so it's such a mindset issue. And I'm so glad that you bring it up because when, when I hear somebody say, yeah, I did that once and it just didn't work out and I'll never do it again. It's such an interesting like stopping point for me. I'd love to hear, give me an example. Yeah, for sure, man. I mean, there's so many examples, like even, even my very first real estate deal that I've ever done, right. Was, uh, you know, I think for me, it was, you know, I was so overwhelmed by just all the knowledge that's out there that I was like, I, you know what, like, let me just take the easy way out. And the easy way out for us was like, you know, let's just go find a, uh, a flipper in San Francisco where I live and we'll just give him money as a private money lender. Right. And so we did that and, you know, had a handshake deal with, with her and, you know, she did the deal and, you know, closed it and went to the closing table to go pick up, you know, our, our check back with our interest. And she was like, Hey, I actually, I don't have your money. I moved it over to a, another project without, without ever asking us really. And, you know, that was, I don't know, eight, eight years ago now. And, and we still haven't seen that, that money since, and we haven't seen her since. Right. And so the very first investment deal I ever did was a huge failure. Right. But I actually don't look at it as a failure. Right. I look at it as something that now, like that I, I would never take back. Right. Because it made us who we were today. It made us two things. One, it made us way better investors because, you know, it gave us a, a thicker skin, right? And, and looked out, like we were able to understand like what to look out for. And two, it just made us way better human beings because I knew that I never wanted that to ever happen to anyone else, right? And mm -hmm. so if I had stopped there, right? if I said, if I asked myself the question, you know, why is this happening to us? Why is this happening to me? You know, I would probably be my W2 still like banging my head against a cubicle, just hating my life, right? But, you know, we asked ourselves, hey, why is this happening for us, right? And what's the opportunity in this? And the opportunity was, hey, we're young, like, World Cup from this, and let's just make sure that we don't make the same mistakes ever again, right? And I won't lie, like the first, you know, week or two, it sucked. Like I was like, I'm an idiot. I got taken advantage of, right? You know, like you're okay to have that emotion. And what I've learned today is that, like, have that emotion, like let let that happen. But just know that, you know, ask yourself that question: Is like, or in five years, is this really going to affect your life in a big way? Mm. And if it's not, then don't spend more than 15 minutes really being that emotional about it. And that's a, a code that my wife and I live by nowadays. Man, there's actually very few things that are really going to like affect your life in a big way five years from now. I love, I love that frame that you just put there because really, you know, I've been talking a lot about this REM, not the band. You, you might even be too young. I'm going to keep poking at you on your age. But, um, I, relationships, experiences, and memories. And what I'm really starting to realize as I'm getting older is like everything that we're doing, the investing, the money, the investing for freedom, the, I mean, everything I do on a daily basis is really just about, I want to build better relationships. I want to have better experiences. I want to create memories with awesome people. Um, and really, I mean, outside of that, there's, there's not a whole lot that's going to really, you know, affect me in a negative way five years from now. That's a really great frame of reference. Yeah. And I love, I mean, even the, the, the name of this show, right. Investing for freedom. Like a lot of people that I talked to were always like, oh, I want to make more money. I want to you know do this and do that. But it's like, really like, you know, what is freedom? Like freedom is that time and energy, right? To do what you want with who you want. And I think, you know, whatever asset class is yours, whether it's businesses or, you know, real estate or crypto or whatever it is, like all those are, are just vehicles, right? That can help you to design the life that you want to. Um, and it's not the end goal, right? Like when someone says, I just want to buy, you know, thousands of units in real estate. I'm like, well, why? Right. Yeah. And if they miss that part of it, you know, then you know that there's 
there's some some internal work that they, they need to still do, right? To figure out like, you know, their purpose and, and, and why they work so hard and do what they do. Yeah. You know, and I'm I'm curious because you were talking a few minutes ago and you said, you know, if that hadn't happened, you would maybe still be, you know, stuck in a W2 job and beating your head against the wall. And on that thread, you know, we're in GoBundance and like we we do a one sheet together and it's all about, you know, passive income and all of this. But I've really been thinking about this a lot. And there's so many people, especially in the real estate space, and you're, you know, you have a, a coaching platform and help people find that freedom. And, um, but really just bringing it back to that and really knowing that why I love the way that you pointed that out, because so many people um, have this mindset where they're like, I just want more passive income. And it's like, well, why? And, you know, I, I love the way that you reframe that because most of the time people don't even know why they want it. And then I've seen this so many times, like people are frustrated with their job. Um, they're frustrated with their business. We we talk to guys all the time. I, I know you probably have that have a very successful business and they're like, I just want out of my business. And I'd really love to just have enough or maybe, you know, they're a doctor or a lawyer or whatever. And, but really it's like, why? I love that. Why? And so I'm curious, you said you might still be, you know, stuck in your W2 and beating your head against the wall. What was the moment or what was the process that you realized like, I'm, I'm unhappy. I got to get out of this. Was it a process like that where you figured out what you wanted? Yeah. So I've reflected back on this a lot and it's, it's a slower process than you think. It wasn't like just one day I woke up and was like, oh yeah, like this work sucks. I got to go do real estate and, and live the life that I want to live. It was actually, you know, um, in the beginning of my career, right? I mean, I was always kind of taught growing up in my life and being in you know, public school and all that stuff, like, you know, be a good employee, climb the corporate ranks, have a, you know, a title and a corner office and all that stuff. And, um, you know, that's what I did. And, you know, I did, I did it and I thought that that success would make me happy and it didn't make me happy. Right. But then what I realized was like, all right, well, maybe real estate is a path. Right. So let me, let me invest in real estate uh, for passive income. Like you hear it a lot of time. And, um, the funny thing is that I was so enamored and I was, I was that person right in the beginning where I was all achievement focused is what I call it. Right. Achievement focused meaning that I just cared about the passive income. I cared about the net worth. I cared about the equity. I just cared about the next deal. And that's all I really found value in. Right. And so what I thought in my mind is construct I had in my mind was like, all right, if I hit, you know, 10 K a month of passive income, right. And that's usually what everyone's like, you know, goal is initially, but it wasn't me. That's like paying for all my expenses really at that time. And um, I was like, if I hit 10K a month of passive income, that's, I'll be happy, right? And when I hit that number, I wasn't, right? There was no change. Like, and I think David Osborne says a lot. It's like, there's no like, you know, uh, parade or, or celebration or anything like that. And it wasn't, right? It was just more of the same. It was more just comfort and, you know, moving the goalposts. Like, all right, maybe if I hit 15K, I'll be happy. Or 20K, I'll be happy, right? And, uh, you know, what I actually did find was emptiness, so. Mm. Right? Almost like the same thing that you'd find from getting a, a, a bigger title at a job or a, an increase in your promotion at, at your W-2. And uh, what I really found was that I really got enjoyment from actually helping other people. What filled my cup was like, if I could like change someone else's life, like that, no matter what monetary thing happened, like that filled my heart up so much that like, I was like, all right, like I created more of that. So my wife and I put our heads together and was like, all right, like, how do we do this on a bigger scale? Like, how can we like impact the world? And that's what we were missing. So going from achievement uh, mission or achievement focus to, I think what I call purpose focus, right? So purpose focus, meaning that you're going for a, a bigger, you know, grander, uh, you know, mission in life. Like Elon Musk saying that, you know, he wants to get human beings on Mars, right? To, to advance human race, right? It's not like I just want to be the richest dude in the world. And, and so that's kind of the difference there. So for us, it was like, if we can just 
impact a million people in our lives, right? By doing that, meaning that if we can help a thousand people, you know, just change their lives using maybe real estate as a vehicle, right? And out of those thousand people, we create a culture of people that want to help other people, right? So if we help one other person, the culture is they help one other person in their community, mm-hmm. right? So maybe they, we help them create passive income and they become financially free and they can scale back their hours from 40 hours a week to 20 hours a week. And they spend the other 20 hours a week, you know, creating a nonprofit that teaches, you know, underprivileged kids financial literacy at a young age. And someone that they teach in that class becomes the next president of the United States. I don't know, right? But to me, that's like a compound effect of impact that I was like, wow, I could get really juiced about. And I, you know, I could really, you know, uh, you know, wake up in the morning, stay late nights and, and do that mission. And that would make me happy in, in life. So I I'm I just freaking love this. And as you're saying that too, like there's I, I've been pondering this a lot. There's beliefs that we have, and I mean, even processes and beliefs that are good. They're they're literally good beliefs. And one of them, as you're saying, this is like the thought around dollar productive activities, right? Um, my my time is worth X amount of dollars. And I think just really knowing that why and and your your value statement and what you're really going after. I'm thinking about when when I sold my business um, in 2014, and and you've probably heard me say this before, but it was the best and worst day of my life, right? And and I've never, I don't think I've ever really said this out loud, but at that point in time, if I didn't work another day, I mean, I had a great real estate portfolio. Um, also from that buyout, like I had 10 years of passive income, which I still have. Um, that was, I mean, it's like, I, if I don't, if I don't even go to work, I make $27,000 a month at that point in time, right? And, and it was the best and worst day of my life because I'm like, now what? And so when we think about this stuff in terms of dollar productive activity, which again, some coach taught us that and it's a good thing. Like, hey, if something isn't worth $161 or $1,600 or whatever your time is worth per hour, find somebody else to do it. I, and by the way, I love the advice. I think it's great advice. Yep. Um, I shouldn't be doing $20 activity. But what I heard you say was like, if I can impact somebody through my coaching, which is making me money, and they get their you know time down to 20 hours a week, and then they're going out and impacting people because they're working in a nonprofit. When you said that, like you can't put a dollar productive hourly thing on that. Like, and and so I think we have to be really careful too with you know our mindset, performance coaching, and all of this, and not forgetting why we're doing what we're doing. Yeah, hundred percent, man. And I would even challenge it and say it's like really like what's your hourly impact, you know, worth, mm. right? Like, you know, how can you if if you can do that and you know do impact someone else's life, right? Now you've compounded the hours of positive impacts on the world in general, right? If, if they're you know someone that is also you know positive impact in the world, and I think that's to me something that six more more near and near to my heart of like that's like to me like what if you were on your tombstone and we've done this exercise a lot too right like we talk about like oh yeah what would your eulogy say or what would your tombstone say like it wouldn't be like oh yeah michael is is worth this much money right it'd be like you know michael like helped that much that this many people impacted lives and someone said to me the other day and i I love this was like one of their goals in life was uh to have like a, a thousand people at their funeral Right. And I was like, oh, that's a, it's an interesting metric to look at. Right. Because that just means that, you know, a thousand amazing relationships, like really deep relationships where people will, will go in and, 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 you know, go to a funeral. But like, you know, it's kind of morbid, but it's at the same time, it's like that, that's a different way to look at it versus just, you know, how society wants us to look at it of success. Right. Just being, you know, rich, I guess, but not wealthy in yeah. relationship with money. Well, there, that was actually a really pivotal moment for me. Um, this was probably eight or nine years ago, but I got a phone call from my mom 
And my great, yeah, my great uncle had died. So my mom's uncle. And I hadn't seen this guy for 20 years. And when I, when I was little, you know, he was one of my favorite humans, but I literally hadn't seen him for like 20 years. Yeah. So anyway, I get this call from my mom and she's like, you know, uncle Donnie passed away. And, and she said their, their kids had actually asked my mom to reach out to me and see if I would speak at his funeral. And it kind of set me back for a second. And I was like, well, you know, why me? I like, I haven't even seen Uncle Donnie for, I mean, usually if somebody's going to ask you to speak at their funeral, it's because, you know, you're a great friend or whatever. And so I thought about it for a few minutes. I said, let me, let me think about it. And I call my mom back and I'm like, yeah, sure, I'll do it. But they couldn't find anybody to speak at his funeral. And so I decided to do it. And to make a long story short, I was making phone calls. I was trying to remember things from when he was little it's really hard to speak at someone's funeral that you haven't talked to for 20 years. Yeah. And I was literally like asking people for stories and things to say about this guy. And ho- hopefully nobody's listening that this would offend, but I mean, nobody would even speak at his funeral. So probably not going to happen. But I remember speaking at this guy's funeral and there's probably, you know, 40 people there. And I'm trying to, you know, share things that meant something to people which nobody really gave me that much feedback. I'm sharing stories from when I was little, which didn't really mean anything. And I asked if anybody wanted to share. Nobody wanted to share. Calvin, it was probably one of the most impactful yet excruciating moments of my life because I'm like, I'm, I'm facilitating this. I'm watching this. And the guy had no one. He had no impact. He had left nothing. He had destroyed basically every relationship that existed in his world. And that was one of those moments where I said, not only do I want a thousand people at my funeral, but I just, even if there's only 40, hopefully somebody will stand up and, and say something decent about me. Yeah. Like, so I, I resonate with what you're saying, man. It's, it's crazy. And I don't think it's, yes, we need money and yes, we want to have amazing life and all of that stuff. But that, again, it's really like, why? Because you want relationships, experiences, and memories. Yeah. And I, I love what you said there. It's in, you know, you've said this quite a bit as well, but the relationship aspect, right? Just having like really authentic, deep relationships with people, right? Like I value those so much more than, you know, a rent check or an asset, right? It's just like, dude, like, you know, having someone that you can really talk to about anything in life, um, whether it's your spouse or a friend or, you know, uh, a business partner or something like that. I think that's what makes this journey enjoyable, right? And yeah. that, that's like, people forget sometimes it's that it's the journey it's not just you know and for you even even someone in the business too right like i think a lot of it was because you you love what you were doing and when you know you sold you're like oh crap like what do i do i i love doing that and i don't know what i'm doing now right so yeah yeah and there's such a i think it's such a valuable conversation too because i did love it and actually one of the main reasons that led to me selling was i was just i didn't really i wasn't in alignment with my business partner long term we weren't fighting but I just knew I didn't want to be in business with him forever. So when the opportunity came up to sell, I was like, yeah, this is a no brainer. But what I hadn't thought about, you know, the idea of like retire by the time you're 25 or 30 or whatever, what I hadn't really thought about is like, what does that actually mean? Because I don't know very many people that actually want to sit on a beach, you know, 365 days a year. I really don't. I mean, if, if I was going to go to a beach town, it would be because I want to be by the beach and I would, probably start a business there, not because I don't want to work. So, um, but you know, I was so young and naive and I think we've done an injustice, um, to ourselves and to others by, you know, creating this idea that we think we just, you know, the, the four hour work week is a great example of this. Um, love the ability. I want the ability to only work four hours. If I feel like I only want to work four hours that week, but the reality is 
I I'm driven by passion and purpose. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that you said there, man, it's choice, right? It's like just to have that choice. And to be honest, like, you know, 99% of the people that get to that point where they could do that, they don't do it. Right. Like, you know, like sure you can go to the beach and enjoy it for a little bit, but I, I get super antsy, right. I'm like, I can't, you know, I can't be at the beach and just lay there for like 10 hours. Like I, I just, that's not on my DNA. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's, it's funny that you mentioned that cause I, I definitely resonate with that point. Yeah. That's good stuff. What was your greatest setback and what'd you learn from it? Well, I kind of said it already. That was one of the setbacks, but um, let me think about getting a nurse story here. I think another setback for me, and it's, again, like I, I never classify things as setbacks unless, you know, it, it did actually set you back, but I always think these things kind of move me forward. But um, it was actually leaving my W-2. That was a, another one because my identity was so wrapped around that that's who I was as a being. Um, and, uh, you know, I was, you know, just for reference, I was uh, in tech and at the time tech was amazing. Right now it's probably not as great, but at the time like tech was, you know, booming and, you know, growing fast and all that stuff. And, um, and I was making good money and I was climbing the corporate ladder, all the things that you would check box on a piece of paper and say, wow, this person is successful. Right. And so, uh, I always thought my identity was so wrapped around being a tech worker, a successful tech worker. Right. And so if anyone were asking me that, I would say like, that's who I was as a, mm. as a person. I thought that's why my parents were proud of me. Right. Because, you know, I had a good job and a good industry and I was climbing the corporate ladder and, and, um, and you know, even when we had enough passive income, right, from our real estate, I, I could, I could make that leap. I, I couldn't, right? Because mm-hmm. um, I didn't know what I wanted, really wanted to do. I didn't know who I was at that point if I didn't have that for me, kind of probably similar to your business too, right? And so, um, you know, it took me like two to three years after that to even leave that, but it was so hard because, and I, I went through a lot of like mental, you know, back and forth and mental charades about this because what got me, what was really a setback for me was that I cared so much about what other people thought, mm. especially, you know, uh, parents, family, friends, like, like, what would people think about me if I left this job that paid me so well, I had a great income, like, would I be an idiot, right? Like to do that? And like, would they judge me? And, and, you know, my, you know, my parents would say, yeah, it's too risky, right? Your parents always want the best for you, right? They're like, oh, yeah. be, be risk averse, right? And, um, you know, after two, or three years, I, I finally, you know, had the courage to, to just, you know, and say like, you know what, like this is, if I'm, if I'm not going to do it now, I'm never going to do it. And I'll, I'll hate myself for the rest of my life if I don't at least try. Yeah. And really the the fear aspect of that is that, you know what, that's always there for you at the, at the back end. If you ever, you know, really mess up that bad, then you can always go back, right? If you yeah. really need to. Um, but also with that being said, like it taught me a valuable lesson of just like, once you put yourself in a situation that you, know, you kind of burn the ship, I guess, is what the, the metaphor is. Um, then, you know, you, you as a human being will always find a way when you're against the wall. Like if you believe in yourself, like you'll find a freaking way to make it work. Right. Yeah. So I'm curious, just, um, in your situation, was there any, we all, we all want to like, please our parents. I mean, that's obviously a, a part of it. Um, was there any, uh, I guess guilt around, I mean, they, they paid for my college or any of that kind of stuff. Cause <laughs> That's a, I think that's a part of it too sometimes. Yeah. Hey, yo, man, I don't know if you've ever met, you know, Asian parents before, man, but it's just like, are you a doctor? Yeah, you're a lawyer. Like, you have a safe yeah. job that, and all that stuff. And uh, 100%, I, you know, I, I look back and my dad was always like, and he comes from a background where, you know, successful on paper, right? Did the job, you know, really retired at 65, exactly, right? Like, all that stuff, like, yeah. lived an amazing life. But uh, there was absolute pressure of like, yeah, like, you know, 
like this is the path that you know we set up for you and this is the safe path like why why would you and i heard that question a lot like why would you do that like just wait just wait just wait right mm-hmm. and you know i i don't think that's any knock on them i think that's just how you know they were brought up and it's it's a it's a you know they were brought up with with absolutely nothing right so they they create that security right and i'm yeah. so grateful that i had parents that were that allowed me to give me an opportunity to you know make that jump right um so I think it's just the difference of how people are raised in general. And, you know, I respect that. And, uh, you know, I, I know that they're coming from a great place of like, um, and even your friends or, or other partners of yours, like, I always know that they're coming from a place that, you know, they, they want the best for you. And that's why they're saying that kind of stuff, even though that it might not be the truth, right. It may not be what you follow, but, you know, if they're coming from the right place of, I, I this is truly just, you know, looking out for you, then I, you know, I, I respect it. Yeah. There's such a great lesson in there too, though. Cause at the end of the day, um, man, it's you and you alone that has to deal with that decision and the outcome and, you know, all of that. And so, um, I don't know, how'd you break through that? Yeah. I mean, a lot about just being around people. Right. And, uh, I'll, I'll give you two pivotal moments, both related to go abundance. Right. So one was a, uh, it was a weekend trip with Tim Rhodes. Right. Um, and, uh, basically, you know, the first step was acknowledging it because I had never really talked about it out loud with other people that had gone through it. Right. And I was in a room with uh, four of the GoBros there that were, you know, entrepreneurs themselves. And, you know, and one other one, that was a W2 guy that, that made that jump too. And, uh, and really talked it out and really kind of going through the motion of like, well, what is one of the assets that's stopping me? Right. One of it was the, the societal pressure. The other was the fear of, you know, safety net, right. As well. Mm-hmm. So that was one, and I didn't I didn't quit after that, but it it definitely got my my head spinning. I'm like, oh my god, like I do got ideas at some point. Like I just you know, and I'm glad I acknowledge it. And number two was a, a trip with Daniel Del Rio and and Aaron West uh, a few years ago, and you know we were doing lunches. We got our hot seat. We got come on the hot seat, and I'm just saying like, oh yeah, this is you know what I want to do. Want to do? It. I'm trying to do this right. And then you know Aaron West just like grilled me like, no, you're gonna go do this. Like you're gonna quit you know, this year, like in the next couple of months. Right. And, and you kind of just challenge it. Like, you you know, the fear that you have, it's really just, it's a defense mechanism, right? It's mm. not really anything that's truly fear. Like look at the data points, right? Like you have the passive income, like you can always go back. Like, what are you really, what are you really scared about versus, yeah. you know, what you're telling me? So that was kind of the nail on the coffin. And I ended up quitting after that. And I'm so glad that there were people around me, right. To challenge me, uh, to, to be the best version of myself. So good. You're actually making me really nervous because um, I'm leaving on Monday to hang out with Aaron and Daniel for a week. So I'm like, what? What's coming? <laughs> you went to the Alaska trip then, right? That one? Uh, no, actually, it's the aerial BVI trip. There's just a bunch of couples. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I am doing the Alaska trip with them as a side note. So I mean, this is probably a good. If anybody wants to go on an Alaska mastermind with a bunch of amazing guys. Um, just shoot me a text at 480-531-7519. I couldn't pass up that opportunity. But. Highly recommend it. This was an ad, just like I, I would, I, it changed, it changed my life like for, for the best. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm actually, I went last year on the Alaska trip with um, Aaron and Daniel and, and that was more just a group of guys. But then I was really, cha- I was like encouraging them. I'm like, you guys should turn this into a mastermind because um, you know, I've, we, I mean, we get to travel and been to a lot of places, but for some reason, being up there in Alaska at a lodge, um, there was just something really special. And I was like, you guys need to turn this into a mastermind. I don't know. And Daniel's like, no, man, my kids and this and that. And then I get a phone call a few weeks later. They're like, we're doing the mastermind. 
Um, will you run one of the boats? And I'm like, absolutely. So um, a phenomenal experience. And But yeah, I am nervous, man. I'm like, what's coming at me next week? Yeah, which is good, right? I mean, I think it's like, if you're nervous, it means you're in the right place. Because if you're comfortable, man, you're, you're eating, you know, Cheetos watching Netflix, right? That's comfort, right? You know, you're nervous about like, oh, man, this guy that's going to be there. I know he's going to just, you know, challenge the crap out of me and make me feel uncomfortable. Then that's, you know, what I've learned is that that's, that's where real growth happens. So, yeah, so good. Um, what is the single piece of advice you find yourself sharing the most? There's so many, but I think the one that really resonates with me right now is just go do it, take action, right? Like just go do it and take action and, and, and really just focus on the people, right? And the relationships because the good and the bad can come from people, right? Mm. And so the best experience I've had in my life is because I had amazing partners. The worst experience I've had in my life were terrible partners, right? And mm. so just be so cognizant about one, like detaching from you have to do everything yourself, right? Mm. But two is then, okay, well then acknowledging that and saying, all right, well, who, who do I want to spend my time with? Who do I want to grow with? Who do I want to, to see the future with and, and really make something special with? And I think mm. that those questions, you know, I still find myself asking you know, those questions to myself and, and, and I was getting better at that, but um, I don't think I would be where I'm at without, you know, the network and the people that I, I call close friends and family um, around with me. It's so good. You were talking a few minutes ago about, and I totally resonate with this too. You didn't say it this way. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you said something like looking at, you know, when you decided to make the leap and um, the the two different scenarios with Tim Road and then Aaron West. And, you know, for me, when I quit my job at the age of 24 and started my business, um, you know, Karen and I were looking at it and we just kind of thought like, well, it's the worst case scenario. And I'm like, worst case scenario is my business fails and I have to go back to work for the company that I'm working for or another one like them. And it just kind of was like a moment where I'm like, I'm already living my worst case scenario. <laughs> um, and it, that was such a freeing moment. And I think it's, I think sometimes we overcomplicate it because once I had that epiphany, I'm like already in my worst case scenario. If this thing fails, then I just go back to doing what I'm doing today. And I heard you say a version of that. Yeah. So how did you, how did you wrestle with that? Or did you, was it just like clear cut? I'm just going for it. I mean, I think exactly what you said right there, right. Was it's, you know, what's the worst case scenario. The worst case scenario is just go back and do it. Right. And I, I even said it to a lot of my students too. It's like, you know, they're afraid to get into deals. Well, what's the worst case scenario? Are you going to lose your house? Are you really going to go bankrupt because of that deal? If you are, then don't do the deal. But if you're going to be fine and it's maybe a break even or cash flows a little bit, a little less than you thought it was going to, then really what's there to fear, right? And so kind of just challenging the the whole aspect of fear because, dude, like, and I, I know, I, I kind of want to share this too because I think so many people out there in the world will always say like, oh yeah, I'm not scared of anything. I, I can do whatever you want. Well, I, I would challenge that and say, hey man, we're all freaking human beings. I have lots of fears and insecurities and self-doubt issues and, and imposter syndrome. And everyone has that, right? Mm -hmm. And so just acknowledging that, uh, yeah, everyone has that, but like, what's mm -hmm. the truth behind all that stuff? Is it really true? Or is it just my body just giving me this defense mechanism right now to, to protect myself, just like, you know, a parent would or, or a friend would. And so, um, you know, when you, when you uncover the truth behind it with data, with numbers or whatever it is that, that you're looking at, then is it really that scary? Or are you yeah. just, you know, you know, having that emotion of it, it, it's fear? Yeah. And I think that's why having, you know, a coach, a consultant, a mastermind, an accountability pod, all of that is so important too, because I, you know, I've been thinking about this, like even with beliefs, there's mm -hmm. beliefs that I have. Every, everybody understands the concept of like limiting beliefs, right? Or like I'm hitting a ceiling or whatever. 
but there's beliefs that I have that are good beliefs that were good beliefs that served me for a long time that no longer served me. Mm. And that's where I think, you know, when you were just talking about that too, like it's obvious that I'm not good enough is not a good belief, right? <laughs> yeah. But I think sometimes like, and this is again, why I'm always in, you know, looking for a coach like, you know, you, or we, we have a mutual friend too, who's your coach. And you said, you've been like kind of coaching him in the real estate area too. Um, Mike Chu, who's just one of the greatest humans in the world, but we actually had Mike speak at our couples mastermind on relationships because, you know, he's just so open and transparent about it. It was so powerful, but everybody knows that I'm not good enough is a, is, is not a good belief, but what, what's important is like when we get stuck on beliefs or former versions of us that don't serve us. And so I'm curious too, like when you were, um, you know, just even leaving corporate America, there was probably a lot of things that you were taught that made you a great employee, um, on the way to the corporate ladder, uh, I'm just curious about that because I, I think there's a lot of people in the audience that, um, you know, are probably considering leaving their W2 W two or need to just realize that your W2 is not the problem and you really just don't know what you want. Um, but either version of that, did you battle any of those scenarios where you had some previous beliefs that were actually good beliefs at one point, but no longer serve you? Oh yeah, hundred percent, man. I mean, I love the the uh, the subject of belief system, right? And and uh, kind of brings me back to a quote that I kind of live my life by. But it's a Confucius quote. It says, "The man who uh, believes that they can and the man that believes that they cannot are both correct." Mm. And I was like, "Ooh, that just hits you so hard, right?" And a lot of the belief system I had early on in my life was that this was the way to do it. Like, I, if I just do this, I'll be happy. Or if I just make money and have a good title, I'll be happy, right? That's a belief, right? But, you know, as you start to expand your mindset and, you know, like really just understand like what's out there in the world, right? And some of the beliefs were taught in, in school, right? Um, that this is what success looks like, right? That in the, the biggest one is the, just the overall American dream. Like you just have, you know, go to a good school, get a good job, climb corporate ladder, have you know, two and a half kids, a white picket fence, and a golden retriever, right? And you retired 65 with a pension. That's the American dream, right? That's, you know, that's successful. That's happy, right? And that was a belief I had, right, growing up. And so, you know, it served me when I was working my W-2 because it made me grind, right? And, and, and really work my butt off. But when I realized that there was, you know, something else out there, I, I kind of equated to taking the red pill in the matrix, right? Where you kind of open your mindset, like what is actually out there, right? Mm -hmm. And that, you know, changes your belief system again, mm -hmm. right? And I think we're always constantly changing our belief system the more we, we we understand the more we you know get to know more people and experiences and, and situations and stuff and and i think it's just one of those things that now my belief system is just honored that you know there's, things are going to change it's fluid right things are not just always fixed and they shouldn't be because if you're fixed and and you know you want to just retire on the beach then you're not growing if you're not growing you're, you're dying inside so yeah you know and there's a theme in what you're talking about whether it's leaving the w2 job or you know even just just I ask this question all the time, but who gets to decide? Because I think so many times we have this, again, a previous belief that, or a previous desire or a goal or whatever that really did benefit us, but we change our mind. And I think we're so programmed, especially like even with goal setting, like you set a goal and you just see it through and you do it, period. Um, yeah. But who gets to decide? And that's one of the things that I think has really, you know, given me a lot of freedom in life is like, if I change my mind about something, it's okay. Yeah. And I, I'm just listening to you too, and um, just appreciate that about you. And but again, who gets to decide? You do, and yeah. it's okay. 
Yeah. And I give me goosebumps, man, because that's something I struggled with a lot, right? Because, you know, you said, you know, kind of reflecting back on it, it was like, sometimes I thought that it was like, you you ultimately made a decision, but it's because of the influence of other people, right? Oh, my parents, my friends, my spouse, all that stuff. And so now what you said is very, very freeing, right? It's like, well, I decided because I, I want to decide, right? And I decide mm-hmm. because, you know, I want to change that my mindset on that, or I want to, you know, uh, change my goals or, you know, change my vision on, on how I look at you know, certain things. And mm-hmm. I think that's that permission, like you said, the permission that you give yourself is so important because, you know, you don't, you don't even give your permission yourself to fail, for example, like you're never going to, right? you're going to be, you know, super protective and, and never get out there. Right. But if you're like, Hey, I give myself that permission. I give myself that permission to be happy. I give myself that permission to be successful or to be rich. if That's what you want. Right. Uh, and a lot of people don't give themselves grace because they beat themselves up saying that I'm not worthy for that. Yeah. And that's like a really scary hole to get into for sure. And I've been there before too. Like, I'm not worried for this. Like I'm, I, I'm an imposter. Right. And you keep on telling yourself that then that's going to come true. Right. So, yeah. um, the belief system is, well, if you believe it, that's true. Right. So believe that you can do it and then, you know, you'll start manifesting stuff in a, in a totally different way. Yeah. I, I love it too. And, and I think a lot of times we're really close to the truth, but we're not quite fully there. And a lot of times it's because we don't want to accept it. And I, I was working with my coach, I don't know, this is probably a year ago now, but um, you know, a lot of times like, why do you want money? Or why do you want you know to make more passive income? Or why do you want a hundred doors or whatever? And it's like, well, because you know, I want to you know, make an impact and because I want to you know, help more people and because I want to have you know, amazing employees. Yes, those are all true. But you know what, darn it? If I want to go to Dubai, I want the best suite on Emirates. And, but we won't say that. Like we won't just really get to the truth on whatever it is. And, and I think that's an important place as you're kind of talking through that truth, whatever your truth is. And so I want to ask you this question. Actually, I'm going to ask you a three-part question and we'll kind of wind down with this. Sure. Um, number one, what does freedom mean to you? Um, number two, in that thread, um, just kind of tell us what you've done to accomplish that freedom, whatever it is. And then I'd love to hear about, you know, just your, your coaching and what you're building and, and all of the above. So, yeah. So I love, these are three awesome questions, man. But I think the first question I would say freedom to me is like living uh, an abundant life. Mm. Right. And you kind of mentioned before of like, it's more choice, right? Like I can do what I want to do whenever I want if I wanted to, right? And so whether that be, you know, starting a coaching community and helping other people that way, you know, starting a podcast, helping people that way, or taking a, a yacht ride to the Emirates, right? Like whatever it is that you lights you up and makes you the best person that you can and fills your cup, right? Like that to me is, is, is freedom, right? Mm-hmm. And so uh, living abundantly would be number one. Number two, then to say, what are the steps that you're, you're taking to get there? Well, I think, you know, every day as we look at, you know, what are the top, you know, Habitual goals, right, for us, right? It's just, hey, if we help people, that's going to fill my cup, right? That's one aspect of it. Um, and I, I know, and we do this in GoPunch all the time, but it's like kind of splitting out all the different aspects of wealth, right? So, you know, people will say rich, they want to get rich, and that's all about money. But wealth to me is everything. It's your family life, your friends, your fitness, your, your philanthropy, your finances, all that stuff is full mm-hmm. fulfillment, right? So mm-hmm. in each of that bucket, like for my family, for my division of my life was actually to bring my family into my business because I spend the most time in my business, to be honest, right? And, and I want to be able to just hang out with them and communicate with them and, and help them with their, you know, goals and aspirations because I love them, right? And I've been able to do that. I've hired, you know, 
uh, two out of my my five uh, family members. So I'm excited. Well, I'm the third. So three out of the five are in the business. So I'm excited about you know convincing and and hopefully you know ha having them share the vision of you know being a part of that as well. Um, friends as well, and same thing. Like the, the habitual goals, right? It's just making sure that you know you're not you know neglecting them, having you know time and space for that as well. And Aaron West says this a lot too, because I I struggle with this a lot. Where in the beginning I thought I was losing a lot of friends because I was doing all the entrepreneurial stuff, and you don't have time for people. And what mm. Aaron said is actually, hey man, like you're gonna have your vacation friends, you're gonna have your dinner friends, you're gonna have your business friends, right? Mm -hmm. You're gonna have your growth friends, you're gonna have your mess around uh, mm -hmm. friends, right? And so now I try to make time for all those different aspects for my life, for, yeah. for, for relationships, right? Um, and then uh, for, you know, philanthropy, right? It's always giving back. So uh, even like doing a podcast like this, like part of my goal, you know, was to just spread the word more, right? So mm -hmm. reaching out to more people, get, having a voice, right? And just, you know, kind of stating, you know, the truth behind our journey and, and, and the failures that we've had. And hopefully that, you know, some nugget, you know, in this podcast, uh, you know, resonates with one of your your, your listeners and, and helps them change their lives, right? Yeah. And so uh, that, and then uh, on the business side, of course, finance side, it's, you know, real estate, it's it's our, you know, coaching business, all that stuff. And so, you know, having all those different things, I think overall gets us to the life of abundance where, you know, you can have that choice and optionality to, to do what you want to do. That's amazing, man. So quickly brag on yourself. Um, <laughs> what have you accomplished in the real estate world in just such a, a short period of time. I'm, 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 I want to hear it. Yeah, man. And I, I struggle with this, man. I, I hate kind of, I know, I know we don't want to brag, myself, but yeah. I will. Okay. So I'll start with some of the, the downs, right. And, and that hopefully gives you some, some, uh, context, but very first thing we ever did was invest into a huge mastermind. It was 30,000 bucks. Um, you know, we had maybe 5,000 bucks to our name. So we're 30 K in debt, essentially. Um, that kicked off everything. Right. So, um, that was our, our beginning and then started to learn. We lost that we lost that 100K that we invested as a private money lender to that flipper. That was our first investment. That sucked, but just kept on going on, right? And got into single family homes and did burrs and Airbnbs and stuff, uh, did small multifamilies. Realized I wanted to go bigger to go you know, faster because you know, really the fear was, is this just a number really that's mm. different about these deals. So got into apartment complexes and all that stuff. And now we're looking at triple net leases and stuff. So, so you know, been able to go from negative 30k in debt. Uh, now we have about 230 doors personally, and I think our portfolio is around 30 million uh, or so around that, that that time frame. Depending on what time of the year you're listening to this at, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and you know along the way we made a bajillion mistakes, but along the way as well, like you know we we've, we've been able to uh, create relationships with people that I hold near to my heart, right, and yeah. helped us get there, right, and so. That's that's part of it, and then along that way, the purpose-driven aspect, the giving back part, is that you know we 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 wanted to help people do the same thing that we were doing, right, and, and make an impact that way. So that's why we created our coaching business, uh, which is called Zen Coach University. And you know, our mission is, hey, we can help you create passive income so that you can go out and create massive impact on your community. Right, mm -hmm. that's what we want to do, right? So our mission is, hey, we help a thousand people, right, and of those thousand people, every single student just helps one other person in their community. That's mm -hmm. success for us, right? Yeah. And so. Um, yeah, that's kind of the two parts, uh, the pillars that, uh, that we focus on right now. Well, this has been truly a, a pleasure, man. And, um, just always appreciate the way, you know, you show up and just your perspective on it. So if people are interested in the coaching or, um, just reaching out to you, finding you, where's, where's the best place? Yeah, easy. If uh, you're interested in coaching, go to zencoastuniversity.com. If you just want to find me and chat with me, hey, man, just my Instagram is a great way. CalvinShin.rei is a great way to find me. Well, 
again, really appreciate your time and and just the way you show up and the energy you put into the world. So any final amazing words of wisdom? <laughs> just go out and do it and, and find the, the people that light you up along the way. And, uh, you know, it's, it's that easy. <laughs> I love that, man. One of my first mentors always said, if it's not fun, I'm not doing it. Yep. Yeah. Cause that's, you know, you gotta have the energy to actually go do it too. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. So good. Thanks again, man. Yeah. Thanks for having me. If you've found value in this episode and you know someone who's wanting to start or move further along in their journey toward investing for freedom, I would be forever grateful if you would share this show with them and help me get this message out to more listeners. Also, if you enjoy what you've heard, I would appreciate it if you take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review and share this with your friends. And until the next episode, cheers to moving further along in your journey of investing for freedom.